Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Now, you all ready for God's Word today? Man, I started last week, and I'm very pumped about this here series. Uh, Marilyn said that she put a survey out to all the members. We have almost 1,000 people that are involved now in the HELPS ministry here at WCF, and they put a survey out, and on the survey, uh, they asked about topics and subjects that they want more understanding out, and I'm really pumped about this one. One of the main overwhelming ones that came through was they want to know more about the Holy Spirit, and they want to know more about tongues, and they want to know more about the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? I believe that's divinely uh, the will of God, and that's right where we're at right now. We're going to be doing this series probably for at least seven to eight weeks. I know I got things on it. I developed while I was away another whole message on being led by the Spirit and all the indicators of that, and I got uh, eight points that I've really developed in. It'll probably take two weeks just on that aspect of it where we're going to teach. But how many know in the book of Acts, our history book, you'll see there's 260 references in the Bible about the person of the Holy Spirit. And what we see in, and many people know the Holy Spirit as an emblem. They know him as fire. They know him as oil. They know him as a bird. They know him as uh, different emblems. But really, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a flame. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, descended upon Jesus in bodily form or bodily appearance in the book of Luke chapter 3. And so we see that the Holy Spirit has a body. The Holy Spirit, he has a will. The Holy Spirit has a personality. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. How many know that? And those are all emotions that um, this person of the Holy Spirit has. And the Bible teaches you and I not to not to not develop. It says, the, I, I give you the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. So there's a communion. There's a koinonia, a fellowship with the person of the Holy Spirit. So this is what we're trying to bring out in this. And this morning, we're going to hit the names of the Holy Spirit. So I want to go to our text in Luke chapter 16. And for time's sake this morning, put it up in the Amplified. And if you can, go to verse number 7, because I want to just share about this here. Now, Jesus said this here, it is to your advantage. It's going to give you the upper hand that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. John 16, 7, all right? Amplified Bible. It says, however, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. Everybody say profitable. What does that mean? It's good. What else is it? It's what? What else does it say? It's profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous. In other words, it's to your advantage for you that I go away because if I do not go away, now he uses the word comforter here. It's translated in some dictionaries as counselor, as helper, as advocate, as intercessor. It goes on and says as standby, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. So we recognize from John earlier, it spoke about the Holy Spirit will not just be with you as a spectator, but is gonna be with inside you 
as a participant. So we recognize that, that through the cross of Jesus, his death, his burial and resurrection, the doorway now for God to come into your heart and to come into mine is all paved through the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so it is so vital It is so important that we get to know who this person is, what this person has, and what this person can do inside of our lives. Because if you know who he is, the Holy Spirit, and what he has, the gifts, the fruit, and you know what he can do, nothing is impossible because he's the third member of the Godhead. And how many know we believe in the Trinity in this here church? Okay? Because he's the third member of the Godhead, there's nothing he can't do. But as you understand who he is and what he has and what he can do, now you can begin to understand who it is that he has made you. And the first thing he's made you is the temple of God. Amen? And what you have, you have all authority now given to you over not one another, but over the kingdom of darkness. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You do this by the grace of God and by the authority that God has given us through the power of his spirit today. And then you recognize what, who you are, what you have, the tools, and then what you can do. And as you begin to understand that, you'll understand who the enemy is, what the enemy has, and what the enemy can do in your life. And I'll tell you, I believe one of the greatest areas of deception today is taking the Holy Spirit out of the preaching of the gospel today, because no man can come unto the Father except the Spirit draws. Come on. So we recognize this person is a person. We recognize the Holy Spirit is the power of God. We recognize the Holy Spirit is wants to develop and wants to commune with you, wants to have a relationship with you, wants you to get to know His voice, wants you to get to know His heart, wants you to get to know His understanding and wants you to also experience his emotions that he has on the inside of you. One of the greatest things of being led by the Spirit is knowing the green and knowing the checks that the Holy Spirit gives you, which will come at another time. You know, the Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and he has chosen to come and live on the very inside of us. You know, in the Old Testament and and, uh, before Christ, when people had to pray so many times a day in order to, you know, have that relationship with God, but God was on the outside. Now God is on the inside of us as believers, and we have the opportunity to commune, to talk, to fellowship, to know God, and have that relationship with God all the time, anytime. That's and, right. But we are, what, we have a problem though, and that is that we don't utilize that. We don't take the time. We don't acknowledge God in everything that we do. And we don't talk to God regularly. We don't do the things that maybe uh, that God designed for us to do so that we could have that ongoing relationship with him and bring him into every part of our lives. And one of the reasons for that is obviously, you know, now that doesn't mean every second of every day you're going to be talking to God. But what it does mean is that we have to make sure that whenever we're making decisions, whenever we're right. talking to people, whenever we're, you know, doing things, we need to bring God into it. And a lot of the reasons why people don't want to do that is because they don't want to hear what he has to say. Mm. They, want to, they want to do what they want to do. And they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to uh, obey God. They don't want to submit. They don't want to, they, they want to be able to just do whatever they want to do. And, um, and we can do whatever we want to do. But the problem with that is we're going to make a lot more mistakes Come on, girl. than if we choose to acknowledge God. Now, you got to look at it this way. Think about God. 
you know, how big is God? You know, if you've ever seen that movie, if you go on an encounter, we have the How Great Is Our God uh, movie that we play. And, and it's, it's an awesome, just to give you an idea of how incredible God is. But when you think about the creator of all things that created you and I, our brains and every part of our being and created everything in this world, and we have access to him. That's right. To have input into our lives. Anytime. Now, how many, you know, we talked about Billy Graham a few minutes ago. If Billy Graham was still alive and you had an opportunity to meet him tomorrow, to go have a lunch with him or have conversation with him, how many would change your plans and go to, go to meet him? You know, obviously you would do that because of who he is. And, and, and so we've got to acknowledge the greatness of God, that we have access to God every minute of every day in every situation. But so many times we neglect him, and yet he is there for us because he wants to be there for us. John 14, 26 says this, and um, this is out of the um, Amplified Version, but it says, but the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. Come on. And he will cause you to recall or remind you of and bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, but it also applies to us. So here we have some of the names of the Holy Spirit and who he is to us. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby. How many can use help sometimes? How many can use counsel you know. and comfort and an intercessor and a strengthener? And he's there. He's standing by you all the time, waiting on you to call on him and bring him into your life. And he's there. And he operates in the supernatural. He knows things you cannot know without him. And he reveals things to you. But there are blockages to hearing his voice that we have in our lives. One is, there's other voices. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the voice of our flesh. You know, mm-hmm. your flesh has a loud voice. And it sees things, wants things, you know, wants to do things. And it totally gets, it consumes you if you allow it. And when that consumes you, you're not going to hear the voice of the spirit. Because you're listening to another voice. Then there's the voice of other people. Right? There's the voice of our fears, and there's so many voices out there. And we have to learn to develop to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, because when we can hear the Holy Spirit, it changes our circumstances. It changes everything in our life. I have learned this over the course of my life. Most of the time when the Holy Spirit talks to me, and he talks to me, he talks to us all the time. It's just most of the time we're not listening. But when he does talk to us is when we begin to seek him and ask him for things. And every time he talks to me, he tells me something usually that my flesh doesn't like. Because he wants me to die to my flesh. He wants me to pick up my cross daily and follow him. And you know what? If you don't pick up your cross daily and follow him and you do your own thing, your life isn't going to work out very well. That's right. You're going to go around in circles and you're going to continue to make mistakes until you learn to follow him. But I remember one time I was just worshiping God and I I said to God, you know, I love you and I just want to do something for you. Anything you want me to do, what can I do to just show my love for you? And his answer was simple, loud and clear, love others. How you love others is how you love me. It's good, Kath. He's not that complicated in some things. But the other thing he often says is he wants me to give things. He's, when, I, when I ask the Holy Spirit, he's, he's 
almost every time, he's asking me to do something that isn't necessarily easy to do. It usually means I have to die to my flesh, I have to die to selfishness, I have to trust God, and I have to step out and I have to do something. And, and so if I do those things, and every time I have ever followed his instructions, I always end up with a miracle story. You know, we were just down in New Orleans, and um, years ago, I had, uh, God had told me to give a van away, and a lot of you know the story. I, was, I just happened to be praying for a couple in the church, a specific couple, because their vehicle was breaking down all the time, and I was praying for this particular couple, and the Holy Spirit, now this is, this is a difference. If people ask me for things, that's not the Holy Spirit. Or if they hint or manipulate, that's not the Holy Spirit. Try. That's them. It's when it comes out of the blue. It's not influenced by any person. And so one time I'm praying and I'm asking God to help this couple who needed a vehicle badly because theirs was breaking down and they had six kids. And the Holy Spirit said to me, give them your vehicle. Now that wasn't something we really wanted to hear. <laughs> because we didn't have the money to buy another vehicle. We had six kids ourselves. And we needed that vehicle. And so when I told him what God told me. My name is Pharaoh. Let my he, vehicle go. No. <laughs> he did not want to hear that. <laughs> he said, no, we're not giving the vehicle away. We can't afford to buy another one. And I, I said, well, pray about it. Just pray about it. So I waited a few days. I went back because I didn't hear from him. And I said, did you pray about it? He said, no. <laughs> It's good to be honest. <laughs> so I said, well, God, re I really believe God spoke to me. You need to pray about this. So he started to pray about it. And then for literally 30 days, maybe it was 29, 20, I don't know exactly, around 30 days, um, we had another vehicle, an older vehicle that our kids used because we had teenagers, and it was a beat-up old run-down vehicle, and it would only fit five people, and we had eight in our family, and, um, and we had a van. And the van was only two years old. Well, for one month, one or the other of those two vehicles, something went wrong with them. I mean, they literally, we, were get, I, we had more flat tires, transmission issues. Like, every day something was happening. And it was, it was a lot like Pharaoh when God was telling him, let my people go or this is good. And so I'm laughing when, when all this stuff is happening because I'm thinking, this is hilarious. God's dealing with him. I love my wife. I love my right? wife. And, uh, and one day, we, had, we, were, we actually were having Jerry Savelle coming in to speak one day, and he had to run downtown and pick something up, and he's driving the van down Olette, and he's at Olette and Tecumseh Road, Trying. and flames started coming out of the steering wheel. And he had to pull into the gas station there and get a fire extinguisher. And he came home that day, and he says, I think we're supposed to give the van out. <laughs> How many are like me? Come on, raise your hand. You're like me. Come on. Pharaohs, okay. See, sometimes God will get your attention, right? But we fixed everything. Everything was fixed on the vehicle. and um, it, it actually turned out that that fire thing was a, a, a recall the on the vehicle that we didn't know about. But anyway, it was all paid for and taken care of. So we called the family up and we said, you know, um, God told us to give you our vehicle. And what is that? I'm just agreeing. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so we gave the vehicle to them, but then we didn't have a vehicle because he told me. He said, well, if we're giving that vehicle away, we're not buying another one. We're not borrowing money. And I said, that's okay. God told me to give it. Whatever happens, I don't care. And uh, I knew God was going to do something. I didn't know what. 
We gave it away on the Monday. Wednesday, I'm in here praying, saying, God, we need a vehicle, because we don't have a vehicle. <laughs> and... Don't I bug me. And I don't, care what, I don't care what you give us. We just need a vehicle. And I literally heard the Holy Spirit say, your answer is here in the office. So I go in the office, and Lorraine Sapier, she's not here in this service. She was in the last one. She's at the desk. She was a receptionist then. She said, nobody's there. Nobody's around. I'm thinking, okay. God said something to me. And then she hands me a piece of paper. She says, somebody phoned you. They want to see you for a few minutes. And it was a name and a number. And I knew this has to do with God's provision for us. And so I went to his office. I said, Rick, you got to call this person. This is somebody new in the church. We didn't know very well. And uh, we said, we called the person anyway. He said, I just need five minutes of your time. Can I come in and see you? So he comes in and he says, I don't understand what's going on. He, this is a new believer. He says, all like last week, God started to tell me that I needed to buy you a vehicle. And he says, and I, I, I finally got my finances and everything in order on Monday. He said, so I'm here to tell you, God told me to buy you a vehicle. And he had actually told another person that he worked for, and they wanted in on it too. And so he called up the Chrysler dealership, and he, and, and he uh, sent us over there. They had three of the top-of-the-line vehicles waiting for us. That day we drove, we got a brand-new vehicle given to us, completely paid for See, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. But you know what? I didn't give the vehicle, away, our van away, to get a new vehicle. That was not my motive. I wasn't even thinking that way. I knew if God told us to do it, he'll take care of us. That's all I knew. I didn't know how, and I didn't know, how, you know what was going to happen. But that's how the Holy Spirit works. But you know what? When God tells you to do things like that, you can't have a wrong motive. Very important. If you're doing it to get a new vehicle doesn't work. If you're doing it because someone's manipulated you to do it, it doesn't work. You know, you have to have a pure motive. Motives of the heart are crucial in hearing the Holy Spirit. I was just right. simply praying for a family that had a need. Yep. And that's when it came to me. Wasn't even thinking of giving them my vehicle. And that was God. And so we have to see, but God wants us to live supernaturally. That story is now in a book that just got published. It's going all over North America. And, right. um, because we'll I was asked that story, about that story. So anyway, but this is how the Holy Spirit works. He, when he talks to us, it's not easy to obey sometimes. Because remember, the spirit of Jesus is the spirit in us. And what Jesus did was not easy. That's right. But he obeyed, regardless of the cost, because he had faith and trust in the outcome. And he did it for the right reasons. So let's go to the PowerPoint, if we can, put up number one. The word parakalesis is the one we're talking about today. And all these manifestations, comforter, counselor, helper, standby, intercessor, are all parts of what this word parakalesis means. It's such rich, and so we put it together in a PowerPoint form so you can take notes today. So how many remember people in your life that were there for you when you were weak, when you were down, when you were broken, when you were hit? Come on. How many remember those individuals there? How about the ones that have encouraged you when you were most when you were at the most discouraging time in your life. You know, there was a friend just this weekend that we were with, and uh, he was very, very discouraged. And this is down in Florida, and and just a precious man, precious wife, precious family. After two hours, he was greatly encouraged. 
And we had prayed, and I felt God had given me something for them to share, and we did. And all I can say is this morning, he's like so excited about Jesus, so excited about his word, so excited about being in church. Can you all, amen? Okay. But those are things that happen with the comforter. Now, understand this here. The comforter is God, and he's living now on the inside of you. So when you're weak, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Is why? Because the one that gives you the strength that you need is on the inside of you right now. And listen carefully. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will use people to give you strength. Well, let's use people to speak encouragement to you. You know, one of the guys out there that I really admire, because every time I've ever watched his program, he always brings encouragement, is Joel Osteen. He does an incredible job out there of encouraging. And I believe the comforter uses him to reach multitudes of people, millions of people with the good news. Amen? So this comforter brings hope to us. How many know people today are living very hopeless lives? They're locked in. They say, is this all that life is all about? We live paycheck to paycheck. We don't have enough to go on holidays. We can barely make ends meet. And people are hopeless. And you come with another voice. You come with another story. Listen, listen. He's the hope to the hopeless. Amen. And hope in the Bible is not just a wishing and a praying, but it's a confident expectation of good that's coming your way. He's the one that consoles you. He's the one that reassures you. He's the one, according to the scripture, that relieves you in affliction. In other words, you're going through a challenging, a difficult, and overwhelming time, and the Holy Spirit comes alongside you and encourages you, strengthens you, builds you. Can you say amen? How many know we all need the comforter? And God uses people just like you and me to bring comfort, to bring encourage, to relieve an affliction. I'll tell you, I know Pastor Brian is with us this morning. And that guy, I'm telling you, man, if somebody's going through a challenge, that guy is right there. He digs his teeth in, man, gets his feet in there, and is not afraid to minister God's encouragement. Amen? And we all need that. But recognize there'll never be a moment in your life that you don't have the encourager. I can speak this very, very confidently in my life, that when the lowest times came for me personally... And it was dark, it was hopeless, it was fearful, it was like shaky waters ahead. I can tell you that's the time that I learned to develop in listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of our lives. Amen. The next one is the counselor. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is our counsel. We need someone that can talk to us and give us wisdom, give us advice, help us know what way to go and what to do. And, you know, we all have situations where we need the knowledge of God brought into our circumstances, and we need to hear his voice. And, you know, we have one big problem, and that is that we are too independent. We think we know it all. We know what's best, and we like to just go forward and do things without consulting God. You know, there's been times in my life where I've made decisions without consulting God, and, uh, and I made big mistakes. Yet, when I looked at the situation before I made the decision, uh, it looked good. Have you ever looked at a situation, but you didn't really pray about it, but it just looked good? It felt good. Come on. It seemed right, but you didn't pray about it. Right? And when we do that, we end up often making choices that end up blowing up on us. And they end up being the wrong choices. And God wants us to acknowledge him in all our ways, not some of our ways. He wants us to pray about those decisions, especially major decisions. A lot of times we don't want to pray about something because we're afraid he might say no when we want to hear yes. 
And see, again, that's, that's being independent. That's not trusting God because we're so set on something and we don't want to let go of things. We want it our way. We want to do what we want. And yet it never works out for us. And we just keep going around in circles and going around in circles until we finally get, you know, God involved. And God's waiting the whole time to be involved. Yet sometimes what he wants us to do isn't enjoyable for our flesh. Because it might mean we got to wait. It might mean, no. It's just like when you take a child out, you know, to a a store and and they want something really badly. And you go, no, you can't have it now. you got to wait. How does that go over well? Yeah. We act the same way. We act the same way with God. Where we, no, we want what we want. We want it now. And if we don't get it now, too bad. We're going to do it anyway. And then we wonder why we have a mess in our lives. And why it doesn't work. God is wanting to be our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. We have the counselor on the inside of us. That wants to give us the advice we need in every situation that we are in. So that we can have victory in our lives. And we recognize that, uh, how many have ever made some bad choices in life? How many have ever gone and did some things and you never sought God? The Bible actually says, and it uses this word in the King James Bible, it says, my people have become brutish. And I'm like, what does the word brutish mean? I've never heard that word before. And I looked it up and it means stupid. And it said, why? Because they didn't seek the Lord. Come on. And this is what we've learned out so often times we want to do things. And how many know the counselor's there to advise? He's there as a consultant inside of our life, which means he has knowledge about subject. Well, how many know the Holy Spirit is the third member of the God at God? And how many know he's got all the experience? How many know he's got the professional? He's the expert. He's got it all. And he knows the Bible inside out because he's the one that wrote it. Can you all say amen? And he wants to download information to us. But you know what I've recognized out there is the one thing, the number one thing about a counselor is they're good listeners. You look at Pastor Luke and Leela, and you look at uh, Barb, now that's on with us, and you look at Liz, and you look at Ted Robinson. They all got one thing. They're good listeners. And what we need to understand, when the Holy Spirit wants to speak things to us, sometimes we want to always be in the front, and we want to always do all the talking, but sometimes he just says, be still and know that I'm God, and listen to what it is that God is saying. He'll give you the information. He'll give you the advice. He'll give you as a consultant inside your life, and he'll give you expert advice, and usually, and you're going to find this out when we speak about the eight ways to be led by the Spirit, usually it's always in line with what the Word of God has has to say. But today what happens is people want to shun the voice of the counselor and they want to do their own thing today. And what we recognize is people, listen, they're not even divorced and they're already in another relationship. They're already, and, and they, they go on and they think it's okay, but, and then others go on and they say, well, you know, well, they're a good person. They're good. I said, are they a Christian? Well, they're, they're good people. Yeah, they got a little religious. I said, I didn't ask you that. Are they a Christian? And then they say, well, you know, they're, you know, they're good. And I said, the Bible warns you about not being equally yoked. And then what happens is they get married, and then the, the person that's a good person isn't usually the best person, isn't usually a nice person. Because listen, what I've learned, people will say whatever it is that they want to get what they want. And after they got with that, this is good preaching today. There's people here, we're talking to you today. And if you just listen, it'll save you heartaches. 
It'll save you heartaches. You know, people, they come up to me and they say, well, I want somebody six foot one and I want somebody that's just beautiful and I want somebody just so handsome and I want somebody that's got their mustache like this hair and I want somebody that's going to have this hair colored hair and I want somebody just like this hair. And I'm just saying, okay, all those things are outwardly things, but what about the inside of the thing? And maybe God's got somebody that's six foot and he's going to miss out on it because you want somebody six foot one. And we get so specific on some things because we heard a story of this one that did it and it worked. But let me, let me just tell you something. How about praying, God, I want somebody that seeks you first. I want somebody that's counseled by you. I want somebody that loves. I want somebody that cares. I want somebody that's got a big heart. And God, maybe they might be five foot eight, but that's who it is that I want for my life. Can you say amen? And then what happens is the right one comes, Mr. Right, and then they look and they say, wow, but you limit God some." Sometimes you limit God because you're not seeking the counsel of God. You're seeking what it is that you want. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to just, just be very, very blunt. How many know if you're just going by what you look at on the outside? And I'm very thankful for Kathy. Amen. She always looks nice. She's always dressed nice. She's always appropriate. She's a modest dresser. She's a nice looking lady. And everybody said it's a beautiful lady. Most beautiful on the whole planet. But it's not, it's not that. It's not that that was attractive to me, but there was something on the inside that drew me to her. There was something on the inside, and that was God's love. That was God inside, amen? And I saw the values. I saw the things that she believed. I saw the things that were priority inside of her life. I saw that family was important to her. I saw all those things, and that's why we're here. That's what connected us, amen? Because listen, I'm a little bit more heavier than I was 30 years ago. Had a little bit more hair than I did 30 years ago. And actually, there wasn't even a gray hair 30 years ago, but now it's a little bit more colored. Amen? And I need a hairdresser every three weeks. Anyway. Yeah, if you limit God, see, I swore I would never marry an Italian. It's true. It's true. And if I stuck with that, I would have limited God, right? And I wouldn't be married to him. And uh, so, you know, we, ha- we can't, we have to trust God. And, and... I remember the, your face when you found out I was Italian. <laughs> she just <laughs> God, oh. God can be sneaky too sometimes yeah. anyway the next uh, name for the Holy Spirit is helper and how many need help <laughs> I know I need help we all need help and he has been given to us to help us he is our helper and, you know, sometimes we get ourselves into situations that we, where we need help. And I, I like to tell this one story because it's, um, it's one of those situations. My mother got me in trouble. How many have ever had your mom get you in trouble? Oh, never. <laughs> My mother used to sell real estate. And back in 1982, when the, when the uh, interest rates went really bizarre, they were just ridiculous. And so many people were losing their homes if they had come up for uh, mortgage renewal because they couldn't afford it because their mortgages would like triple. And uh, so people were losing their homes. And, and um, so uh, CMHC had bought a bunch of condominiums in the Toronto area that uh, had been abandoned by people that couldn't afford to renew their mortgages. So they were renovating them, like painting them, putting in new appliances and selling them just for the existing uh, mortgage, whatever had been left on them. So they were really good deals. However, the condition was, and they were giving a a little bit lower interest rate, but the condition was if you bought one, you had to move in. Well, my mother got this brilliant idea that she wanted to help her kids, and it was a great idea. Um, So she bought one for myself, my sister, and my brother. But... 
what she didn't tell, tell us, she said, oh, I bought them for you as an investment, you can just rent them out. But the condition that CMHC had was you couldn't rent them out, you had to move in. So when we found that out, you know, being Christians, we thought, you know, we got we to gotta do what's right, so we have to move in. But we couldn't afford it. We didn't have the money. This is my late husband and I. We had just started the church and uh, just took, taken over the church in Mississauga. We were barely making ends meet as it was. Now we're moving into a situation where on a strict budget, we were going to be short $250 a month just to meet our basic needs. But we had to do it because we were committed because she had got us into this mess. So anyway. <laughs> so again, you know, now you're in a situation that you, you didn't get yourself into it, but you're in trouble. You need help. So I prayed. I said, you know, God, what are we going to do? And the Holy Spirit said, do the right thing, but you need to give more money away. That's not what you want to hear when you don't have enough money to make ends meet. And so my husband and I prayed about it. And we decided, okay, we're going to give. Now, back, this is back in 1982, a long time ago. So we decided we were going to give like 5 or $10 over and above what we were already sowing into the church and stuff. We were going to give 5 or $10 away to somebody in need. Now, 5 or $10 doesn't seem like a lot of money now. But back then, that was a lot of money, especially when you don't have enough money to begin with. And so we, so we moved in, and the first month we were $1,000 behind because of moving costs and lawyer fees and all that stuff. And so we're, now we had two days to come up with $1,000. We had no money, but we had been giving, for the, the few weeks before, had been giving 5 or $10 away to somebody in need. Then the day before we needed the money, a check comes in the mail from England for $1,000 to us, from somebody we didn't even know. And the reason they sent us the check was because we had apparently led their, their sister to the Lord. And they wanted to bless us. They, they were showing appreciation for us for doing that. So God met the need the first month. So now we still have the, you know, 250 every month. We're going to be behind. And then our car breaks down. It completely dies, and we don't have a vehicle. And it was an older car. It really wasn't worth, re worth repairing. We didn't have the money to repair it. But it just happened that the, a few weeks earlier, uh, a, man had, a family had started coming to our church. And it turned out he owned a car leasing business. So we got this idea that maybe we could lease a car from him through the church. So we called him, not realizing that he was going to want all our personal financial information, which didn't look very good. Nor was the church in a really good place either. So anyway, we give him all this information, and he calls back two days later, and he says, I've got bad news and good news. He said, the bad news is you can't afford to lease a car, nor can the church afford to lease one. But the good news is I'm going to give you one. And then he said, not only that, he said, you guys have a $10,000 debt. I'm paying it off. And then he said, you don't make enough money. So I'm going to give a certain amount of money every week to the church for your, towards your salary so that you can have a raise. Problem solved. But see, we sought the help of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit told us to do wasn't what our flesh would want to do. But we obeyed anyway. And when we obeyed, we got, the, we got the results. See, God met our need. And God is a God. He's a faith God. The Holy Spirit wants us to live by faith. He wants us to trust God. He wants us to give. He wants us to be a blessing. You know, we, so often we're so consumed with ourselves and what we want. And we didn't get ourselves into that situation. My mother got us into it. But we had to honor it. But even if you do get yourself into a situation, you seek the help of the Holy Spirit, and he will help you get out of it. 
And you might not like what he says, but if you act on it, you'll begin to see results. Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added onto you. When we seek to build up others, when we seek to be a blessing, when we seek to give, when we seek to serve, then God takes care of us. That's how the kingdom works. And the helper, what does the helper do? He assists, he relieves everybody, say, come on, supports. What else? Rescues or say, anybody ever need rescue before? Okay, now this is huge to, to all of us that are here today. What I've learned in life is there's how many know there's things you can't control and there's some things you can control. But how many know when you try to control the things that you can't control, how many you're going to have some serious issues? And really, a lot of us that are in the room is we're very, very independent. We're good at what we do. We know how to do it. But we come to crossroads inside of our lives where we just plain out, we just need help. Amen? And we need assistance. We need rescue. And rescue means we're into a situation like Kathy had just said, but she needed rescue. She needed help. And how many know the helper is there to rescue you? I like what the Word of God says over here. It says in, in Hebrews 4, 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and listen, find grace to help in the time of need. Now, what I've learned over the years is, and Kathy's sharing some illustrations today on giving. She's sharing some illustrations today on generosity and things that we have done. And she came in one time and she says, uh, she says, I really feel with the women's home that we need to step up and we need to pledge $100,000 to the women's home. And I says, Kath, we don't have $100,000. And so you look and you say, I said, I don't make 100000 a year. How are we going to get this here and this and that? And she said, I really feel we need to do that. So I'll leave it. I won't get into all the details of what went on behind the scenes. But how many know sometimes as a man, you want to lead, you want to go in this area, you want to step out in faith, and God gives you opportunities, and then you say no to the opportunities. Yeah. And so what happened in this here particular situation is, I think we ended up around 50, 75, whatever we got into agreement on. And then I'll never forget, I go out and, and I start speaking. We said, I'm going to put everything I make, every funeral, every wedding, everything's going to go directly to the woman's home. And so I'll never forget, I go to the first place, the first weekend that we're out after we made this here large pledge. And I'll never forget, I, the pastor comes to pick me up because Kathy's speaking at one place. She had done a women's meeting. I had done a men's meeting at different churches. There were six different churches like we're at. And all these here things are happening. And the pastor goes to pick me up at the hotel. And the pastor says, I didn't sleep last night. I says, oh yeah, what happened? He says, well, he says, I don't understand this. I said, what don't you understand? He says, well, I had the largest honorarium ever made out to you and Kathy for this here weekend. I says, really? He says, yeah. But he said, the Holy Spirit woke me and said that I needed to take offerings up at both services on top of that. And I says, and you lost sleep over that? Shame on you. Come on. <laughs> anyway, so he took them up. And I mean, we came out that weekend. I was like, never had we ever seen anything like that in our lives. But here's the point that I'm trying to bring out. When you take a step of faith and you ask for the helper to come in, I ask the Holy Spirit, I say, I need your help on this one. This is bigger than me. This is way beyond me. But how many know when you do that, then you can move on to something bigger? 
And that's really, and we're talking about one area in the area of giving, but how many know it goes in the area of healing? It goes in the area of restoration. It can go into any area. The Holy Spirit is there to assist you in your life. He's there to relieve you in your life. He's there to support you, but he's also, even when others make wrong decisions, even in the mess, he has a message for you. Even in the test, he has a testimony for you. Even in the hall of shame like Rahab was, God brought her into the hall of fame. So he's the one that rescues and he's the one that saves. Amen. 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 I mean, we just got started over here. Let's all stand to our feet. If you need your elements and you didn't get them when you came in, the ushers have one for you out there. So we see in Psalm 46.1, God, everybody say God. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. I like how the writer uses the word present. It's not past tense. It's not future tense. He's a very present help in trouble. What trouble is it that you're in right now? Was it choices that you had made? Was it decisions that you had made because you didn't seek the Lord and you got yourself so deep and you're so messed up? God has not changed. He's still a present help for you in times of trouble. Hebrews 13, 5, New Testament says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, you guys look at us, and oftentimes you'll see confidence up here. You'll see a boldness on us. But you know what? We got to get dressed the same way you get dressed. We got to do life the same way you do life. And we live by faith. But one of the things we've learned is that we need this counselor. We need this comforter. We need this helper. And we've learned that the standby is ready to be activated by our words right alongside us. We've learned that he's the strengthener of our lives. We've learned also he's our advocate and we've learned also that he's our intercessor, and we'll pick up on that in weeks to come because these are important things that each of us needs to know to do life together. Kath? So, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who yes, lives on the inside of us, that you've given us your best, you've given us your very own spirit so that we could yes, know your thoughts, did. know your heart, know thank you, Holy know your ways. And, Father, you want us to come up to live a life of faith and obedience to be one with you. And Father, forgive us where we fall short. Forgive us where we question you or doubt you. You've given us everything we need so that we can live as overcomers and live supernatural lives. So Father, I just pray right now as we take this bread, Lord, help us to examine our hearts and to ask forgiveness in areas, Father, where we failed to trust you, failed to obey your, the leading of your Holy Spirit. So Father, we take this bread with thanksgiving. Yes, we do that we can possess the very Spirit of God on the inside of us because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen.